to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Peaches. And I'm Czar. Boys, guess what? 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 What's going on? I got it. You got it? The clap? I g- Yes, I got the clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, JP. What? I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. Guess what else I got? <laughs> what? I got my PlayStation 5. <gasps> hey, oh, no way. I got my PlayStation 5, y'all. It's looking good. Did you pay a thousand bucks for it? Twelve hundred. Ooh. And they had to smack my ass after the words to it. <laughs> Call me a little pig boy. That was hard to do. <laughs> yeah, you like paying twelve hundred dollars for this five hundred dollar console, little pig boy. <laughs> and then I had to squeal. It was a whole ordeal. <laughs> Bothered everybody in the middle of Bed Bath & Beyond, let me tell you. Well, I, I'm happy that you're happy. No, I I got it legitimately. Um, I was following a Twitter page that's like specifically for like tweeting out when these sites were like giving out, uh, you know, new PlayStation 5s. And I was at my computer and my phone dinged and it just said, Best Buy, go! And I did. Oh. I got I got there and I went right there, went to the tab I'd saved on my computer, went right to the checkout page. Boom. Got it. And that's how JP got a PlayStation 5. You yeah. go so fast. And then I was able dude, it was gone in three minutes again. No surprise. But the yep, you had to be there or they were gone. How many but were in it. stock? Um, they probably brought in like a shipment of 20 with the disk drive and 20 of just the digital because I could see it in the Best Buy line because they had everybody's name on it already. They didn't bring in much. Oof. Well, I'm glad you were one of the lucky few. Yay! It's so pretty. It's so <laughs> yeah, tall. Fuck you, everybody else. Yeah. Sorry, little kid whose Christmas could have been made. <laughs> this one goes to the boys. Eh, you're an adult. You work for this. What did a kid do to earn a PlayStation? You're damn right. I worked for it. Well, actually, most <laughs> of the money was given as a Christmas gift, ironically. But here we are. <laughs> Anywho's it. Shout out to Best Buy because I got my PlayStation. It's huge. It's awesome. I'm having a good time. Not sponsored That's by Best Buy. Uh, still not sponsored by Best Buy. <laughs> Although we are trying to be. Uh, by trying to be, do we mean we're just hoping that they eventually stumble upon this and throw us a sponsorship? Or Yeah, that's kind of the game plan. We're looking for anybody at this point. Wait, didn't we already <laughs> do this in the future? The future! What? I mean, technically. Don't we bitch about sponsorships every episode? <laughs> it has become common. Yeah, that's, that's how we start the episodes. It's like, all right, step one. Let's, uh, let's bring it. Let's bring it in, and then step two, let's bitch about sponsors, and then step three, <laughs> profit, profit. <laughs> All right, uh, who wants to do itinerary for the episode today? We got a good episode. 
Uh, I'll, I'll do some itinerary. I think it's been a minute since I've done it. Considering JP is going to be doing the most talking. All oh, right. <laughs> so today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about, hopefully, big news from Bioware. Big news. Potato graphics no more in Halo Infinite. And more like state of lame. Am I right, boys? Ah. No. No, you're not. <laughs> All right. I, I think we're, I'm ready to jump into the articles. You guys ready? I'm ready. Let's hit it. All right. What do we got first? First up, we got Dragon Age 4 is going to be a single player only game coming from. Oh, I hope I get this right. Michael McWhorter from Polygon. Yeah, that looks about right. So the next track, uh, this is straight from the article. The next Dragon Age game from Bioware and Electronic Arts will be a single player only experience, according to a report from Bloomberg. EA reportedly opted to remove Bioware's cooperative shooter Anthem and the better expected sales of Respawn Star Wars The uh, Jedi Fallen Order, a single player only game, is kind of the reason why they ended up uh, opting for a single player only uh, Dragon Age 4, because initially they were planning to make it a multiplayer experience. Mm-hmm. Have we had any multiplayer in a Dragon Age? We kind of had some in Dragon Age Inquisition, but it was not very good, I would say. In my That's my personal opinion, but maybe somebody else. It doesn't really seem to me like a Dragon Age game would necessarily need a multiplayer. Solid point. I would say a Dragon Age game needs to be single player specifically. But that, again, that's my my opinion. But then, like, uh, this is also coming in the, the tail end of other news from Bioware and EA, where they're scrapping Anthem. Like, they, they were planning to do a big Anthem rework, and they announced this week that there is no longer going to be uh, updates for Anthem, which I oh. think is a good thing, because... No reason to try to save a game that's not coming back. That's exactly oh. what I was about to say. Is like, Zar, why do you care? Because I bought it two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, buddy. Well, they they still have updated it since the game came out, so it's better in that way. But no but more. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. And to go along with what Zara was saying, I didn't even know that like Dragon Age had much like multiplayer ability anyway. Like I thought this was the standard was that most people were doing single player. I, it, it was supposed to be like Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2 and Dragon Age 3 were all single player games of varying degree or well, I think Dragon Age 3 was technically Dragon Age Inquisition, um, but they were all single player games primarily with Dragon Age Inquisition having like some minor multiplayer in it that's not really the forefront. So when I saw that Dragon Age 4 was planned to be like a big multiplayer thing, I was pretty surprised and I am not super into the idea. So I'm glad they went back to the basics and I'm glad that they took a page from Star Wars of all things. <laughs> do I you think see how they could do that though? Like what would the multiplayer even include? Cuz you can't even knows. You can't detract from the main storyline. You could maybe hop in as a companion, but like from the sounds of it, they wanted a a competitive element to it. And that's kind of the problem with these games, right? Is like 
ever since like online multiplayer has become a thing with the early like Xbox and PS3. PS2. Every game feels even yeah, even older. They every game feels like they need to include include some kind of multiplayer. You know, even if it's a game that just simply doesn't have any ideas for multiplayer. Don't ever forget that The Last of Us had a multiplayer mode. It, I don't know. Oh my god, I, I I always forget about it. Holy shit! Why did yeah. they have a multiplayer? Who, who was that for? Who was that for? <laughs> <laughs> don't ever forget. And it was shitty, but they did it because they felt like they needed to include it. And some games just aren't meant for that. Some games are meant for a grand adventure that you just sit on your couch and play with yourself or a couple of buddies at most, but don't have a great multiplayer. And that's okay. Yeah. Winner game developer is going to learn that not having a multiplayer is not going to kill your game. I mean, it definitely helps longevity of games, I th- I would say. I if think there's a lot right. of mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Like it shouldn't be shoehorned in just to make a buck. But I think there like it it helps for sure keep your game alive for longer cuz imagine Halo 3 without multiplayer, right? Like there's no way that game lasts as long without multiplayer. Right. It, that's true, but look at Dead Space 2, or maybe it was 3 that had the multiplayer. Albeit it was a phenomenal multiplayer and really cool, how many people are still playing Dead Space 3? All right, well, I think that answers that question. <laughs> the dead <laughs> silence. <laughs> I have no idea. Four people? There are dozens of us. Dozens! Literally dozens! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited that they took a step back, saw that Star Wars uh, Fallen Order was successful, and then kind of decided to go back to the roots of what Dragon Age is supposed to be. And also, I'm excited that Anthem is getting scrapped. Fuck you, Anthem. I That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Fair Sad enough. Zar noises. <laughs> Sad Zar noises. I, I feel bad for you, Zar, because I'm sorry that you've spent money on the game. Eh, it was only five bucks. Yeah, and it it's really, like you're still gonna you're gonna get five dollars out of it, I'm sure. And it really did die off quickly, you know. Like Anthem, it was so hype at first, and then just like nobody cared anymore. One day, it was kind of, it was weird. Yeah, I got a quick question. If they're scrapping Anthem. And I mean, I only know this because I loaded up Anthem for literally an hour, got my five dollars worth. You have to be connected to the Internet. And like, even though you can play on a private server, you have to have the option of people joining in. So if they scrap it, like, am I even going to be able to boot up this game anymore? I'm sure that I think they said in their uh, uh, announcement that they're not going to be continuing support for the game that they're like they're going to keep multiplayer like functional and working but they're just you're not going to be seeing more content coming out for it huh i wonder how long it'll be before i can't play this just like evolve (laughs) oh evolve i am sure it's probably got like a couple years boot up evolve and it just says no (laughs) oh my god that's really funny i'm gonna try it later just because i'm curious now actually Good luck. You're going to try to click any tab and it's going to say the multiplayer servers have been disabled. Lols. All right. What do we got next? We are talking about some Halo Infinite news because that's still a little bit relevant. I mean, I am super excited to see what they do with Halo Infinite. So, Zar, what's going on here? 
Well, after going dark for a couple months and delaying the game till I think this November, they've been doing what they said they were and actually putting some really impressive work into it. Um, so we got to see a little bit of the graphics and gameplay and a lot of people bitched about it because it was not pretty. And I mean, it was running on a PC, too, so it should be pretty. And yes, it was early development, but people still wanted to see it better. In fact, it was so some of the graphics were so cringy that I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a meme going around called Craig. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Craig? And it's just the most solemn looking brute standing in front of um, a really poorly graphic or poorly looking <laughs> yeah. assault rifle. Huh. JP, you're going to have to post the Craig meme. Yeah, I am because I'm curious. <laughs> I haven't seen these at all. The brute just has like the funniest looking like meth face. <laughs> like, and it's it's so it's it it does not look like a next gen console like screen cap at all. No. Yeah. It looks like development between Halo 2 and Halo 3. <laughs> yeah. Oof. And so that got people really worried, you know? Because it's not even, it's like less than a year away, and that's the graphics we're faced with. But no, they actually did a side by side comparison of new graphics that they released, and I think these are all just screenshots. And it looks a lot better. I will say it is still not quite to the quality that I'm expecting it to be, but we still got a good amount of the year to go before we see this game. Definitely. You can start looking forward to this game again if you were nervous after that Xbox showcase. And I Which was. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I really am. And, you know, I know that we've, we're not buying Halo, obviously, just for how it looks. We're I don't buying think either it because of you were buying Halo in. at all. Yeah. Pres- I am. I'm going <laughs> to pick this up. Yeah, you can get it on PC or... Yeah, I'll pick this up on PC, but that's just another reason why I want it to look better, because games that I buy for my PC, I buy partially because I know it's going to look as good as they possibly can on my PC, and I don't want to deal with Craig graphics. (laughs) (laughs) I want this game to look great, and I am willing to let them take as much time as they need to in order to get that done. Absolutely, especially with how much they're promising in this game with the giant open world, new gameplay mechanics like a grappling hook. Like you're going to want the rendering to be really good like they've been boasting back when the original demo aired. Precisely. Dude, I hope the open world is a real open world. I don't want it to be uh, like uh, Last of Us 2 where like Last of Us 2 pretends to be an open world game for like the first act and then never goes back to that again. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I know open world has been the hottest new thing for every game to strive to be. I don't think open world is meant for every game. I'm okay with linearity. You know, it's true. Like, But with the sandbox feel that they're trying to give in this game, it kind of makes me feel like we're just in a giant blood gulch. Precisely. (laughs) A lot of space, not a lot to see. Yeah, I am curious. I I love open world games, and that's why I think 
it could be cool if Halo does it, but Halo is one of the examples that people go back to of really good, like, linear video games. And, you know, it's like Halos and pretty much like every Naughty Dog game. Um, and I feel like I'm missing something, but, you know, people point these games out as extremely good linear stories. And so I'm curious how they go about storytelling using, you know, their open world sandbox. That's if that's true. what it truly is. Yeah. And keep in mind that, like, you know, the open world is also going to take more time on how it looks in general anyway, too, because that means more rendering of, like, worlds and objects. So, oh, yeah. Just yeah. Saying. In the original demo, when Master Chief was standing on top of that spire, just looking over the mountains and they were talking about how far rendering will be, that's going to take a lot of processing power. Yep, exactly. So take the time. I'm excited to see that they've made a lot of progress since, you know, they got absolutely booed up, not literally booed, but like, you know, booed off the stage with pretty much with fans at how awful this game looked. I'm glad they're stepping up their game and taking the time to make it look good because it's Halo, baby. Yeah. And also, (laughs) and also it just it's important because they also got a slew of bad press following that Xbox showcase because oh, you know it went like the Halo yeah. screen caps and then there was the delay. People were just like, "This game is going to be a garbage heap," and I'm not looking forward to it anymore. Which yeah, is not where right. you want to be for Halo. No, yeah. not with that big of a name. Well, I've had my fill of Xbox. Is that it? I <laughs> guess we can talk about PlayStation. <laughs> now to be. A hundred percent honest, like I'm not very hyped about this either. So, yay! On a <laughs> on a weird whim, one day last week, PlayStation is just like, "Hey, stay to play," and I'm like, "Oh, cool, win!" And they're like, 20 minutes." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I texted these two. I'm like, did you guys know about this?" And they're like, "What? No, what?" I think our exact answers were, there's a state of play. (laughs) Precisely. So PlayStation dropped a state of play, a 30 minute state of play out of absolutely nowhere. And it was wild. But it was actually vibes. Yeah, they're like, I mean, that's honestly kind of it, right? It's like Nintendo dropped a direct and PlayStation's like, oh, Nintendo has had the spotlight for 20 minutes. Well, we simply can't have that. Boo, state of play. Honestly, I love the like randomly drops like, you know, no, you don't have any information and they just drop a state of play or a a Nintendo Direct or hopefully an Xbox showcase soon, because knowing it's going to happen, I I feel like it makes me less hype for it when it actually gets here. Whereas like if they just drop it out of the blue, I'm actually like much more excited to watch it. You know, I think you put that exactly how it should be, because, yeah, it's really hard to keep hype when you know several months in advance that it's coming up. I mean, the couple of days leading up to it, you're going to get hyped, but the rest of the year, you're just kind of like, meh. And these random showcases can honestly kind of turn a bad day into a good day just with how random they are. And part of that is also because of like expectations set up too, right? Because like you're going to have predictions and you're going to watch videos of people who have predictions and everything. Everybody is, of course, going to have their obscure, wild theories of what they're going to see in the latest event. And even if they admit that it's far fetched, it's not going to stop you from hoping. And then whatever it is that they give you. 
No, no tinfoil hats. Oh. <laughs> put it away. Oh, oh. No, don't just put it away. Throw that in the garbage. We're done with the tinfoil hats. But then they'll read my thoughts. Zara's like, Zara's like, but I made you guys one too. I took I your head measurements them. while you were sleeping. I glittered them and glued stars on them. Wait, it has glitter? I like glitter. No. If my name isn't written out in glitter on the front of it, I don't want it. I put a whole 40 minutes of work into it. All right, so right now I've got the IGN page from Adam Bankhurst set up with everything that we got in the state of play. As a brief summary before we get into it, it was okay. I mean, mostly what it was was getting gameplay out for games that were announced in the same state of play, uh, where the PlayStation 5 was announced, period. And we already gave a huge two-hour review of that PlayStation Direct, so we didn't get anything new except for one title, which did look interesting, but mostly it was gameplay to kind of enhance what we already knew about games that were already out there. So let's just start from the top, and this is in no particular order. Um, So we got Final Fantasy VII Remake being enhanced for the PlayStation 5. Now, this game already looked fantastic on the PlayStation 4 Pro. In fact, I hate to admit it, but when they were trying to brag about Final Fantasy on the PlayStation 4 versus the PlayStation 5, and they kind of like did, you know, that half screen thing that they like to do, it yeah. didn't look that much different. Oh, thank God. I thought I was the only one that I could that could not notice the difference between no. the two like side by sides. Yeah, I was about to go to the eye doctor or something. <laughs> and I think that's not as much. I don't think that's a testament to how PlayStation 5 doesn't do a great job compared to the PlayStation 4, as much as it is a testament to how great of a job they did with Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Yeah, Was simply, that it's they, just good graphics. It's just, yeah, exactly. Simply in a phenomenally well-made game. And that's not to say that there wasn't any no improvement whatsoever because there definitely was just like for them to try and boast about it a side by side like that i'm just like i mean yeah it looks a little better but eh <laughs> but that's not that's not why people are excited we're getting the playstation 5 enhanced version which to be fair is also probably going to look way better once you actually start playing it on the playstation 5 but then they also announced re, uh, final fantasy 7 remake integrate which is going to be like a big piece of dlc coming where we get none other than yuffie introduced to the story yuffie czar you remember yuffie yeah she's wearing yeah. an adorable uh is it Mookie? Mookie costume? Mookie? The mogul? Mogul. Okay, you, you guys aren't saying Mookie? actual things. You guys aren't saying real things here. I don't believe you. No. <laughs> okay. Yuffie. Okay. So everything I knew about Final Fantasy VII before playing Final Fantasy VII came from Kingdom Hearts. Now, in the first yep. Kingdom Hearts games, you get a pretty good mix of Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy either nine or ten characters with like Cloud, obviously, and then you get Leon, and then you get Yuffie, and this whole t and you even see Aerith, and the whole time. You know, I've been playing these Final Fantasy games after the fact. I'm like, where the hell is Yuffie? Where does she fit in? And well, here she is. A little introduction for Yuffie into Final Fantasy VII Remake coming with Integrade. Now, both of these things aren't actually coming in out till mid-year. Um, I think they said it's June 10th of 2021. But that was probably the biggest piece of news that came in this state of play. And to be fair, I'm very excited about this. And if you're kind of interested in Final Fantasy, you should be too. Um, In fact, Zar, what did you think of the trailer? 
it looked it looked really good. Didn't notice a difference in graphics, but I'm really curious to see if this is like a chapter inclusion to like further the story of Final Fantasy seven or if they're just kind of like branching it out to make. I think I saw somewhere three or four different Final Fantasy seven games that all tie the story together. Yeah, well said. Uh, Peaches, what about you? I feel like they're stalling. I feel like the integrate thing was they're stalling to get ready for the Final Fantasy VII. That's exactly Final how Final Fantasy I VII Remake 2. So it's like yeah. you release integrate, you know, just give people a little taste of what's to come. And then when you drop two people, you know, they had integrate to kind of tide them over in between Final Fantasy VII Remake and the next Final Fantasy VII Remake 2, whatever the fuck it's going to be called. I don't whatever know. But the are. real hype... The real hype is that Final Fantasy Battle Royale. Am I right, fellas? Uh, thank God Final Fantasy is getting in on the Battle Royale genre. I everybody was I, asking for that, right? Everyone, yeah, everyone was saying, man, where's the Final Fantasy Battle Royale? That's everybody. just one step away from Fortnite. Everybody's, it's like Pub Clouds, Snacks. everybody's Fortnite. talking about it. Everybody's <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> So, all right, we got Final Fantasy news. That's all well and good. Now, the next thing is actually, again, I'm pretty excited for it, but it's not new. It's something we've known about. It's Kena Bridge of Spirits. Now, we finally have a release date. It's going to be on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5, August 24th. And when I was talking about the State of Play event with Zarbak, uh, God, it must be six months or something at this point. This was one of the games I highlighted as a gem for the PlayStation 5. I think it's beautiful. I think the concept is amazing. I think it looks like it's going to be really fun and intuitive and just an absolute delight to play on the PlayStation 5 with, you know, the haptic feedback on the controllers and everything. What did you guys think of this one? It's neat and whimsical. Neat and whimsical. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, honestly. I'm honestly pretty excited about this one. I I don't know how soon I'm going to get to play it because... PS5s are a bit of a rare commodity, as we've noted. And uh, duly noted. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I like that. I like how this game looks. I think it looks really cool. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play it like anytime soon, because first of all, PS5 has that huge price tag. And second of all, there's just there's a lot of good stuff coming out. And so I feel like this one's going to slip through the cracks for me, but I really hope that I get a PS5 at some point and get to play this game because as of like right now, I am super excited about this one. It looks really, really good. I mean, you could always get a PlayStation 4. You have a PlayStation 4. Yeah, I have a PlayStation 4, but I mean, isn't this like made for the PlayStation 5? And it's just kind of like, I mean, that's how it goes for the four. Yeah, that's how it goes with these weird in between games where it's like, it was developed during the PlayStation 4 era, but it was made for the PlayStation 5. So you're right. There's functionality in the game that's probably going to have the PlayStation 5 in mind. That was just kind of like, you know, I don't want to say lousily implemented, but we know it's not going to be as good on the PlayStation 4 as the PlayStation 5. So if you'd rather wait to get the full experience, then by all means, more power to you. You know? Yeah, I, it, I really hope I don't forget about this one because for everything I've seen on it, it makes it look really cool. And I, I'm excited for it as of right now. 
I figured you'd be more excited about this one, Chess, because it is kind of giving me more, you know, like Ori and the Will of the Wisps vibes. Exactly. Like, not necessarily, yes, not necessarily in like uh, gameplay, but more in like the art styling and the beauty and the story wise. That's what I thought was going to draw you in. You know, there was one other game that had uh, kind of Ori vibes. This one. Do you know what I'm talking about, JP? I think I do, but let's wait till we get to that. All right. All right. All right, so next down the list, um, we have finally, we have gameplay for Returnal. Now, this is that weird game where like, you're going through the world every day, right? But every time you die, the day starts over, and I guess you kind of use the information and items you've gathered from your previous playthrough to now help you through this current playthrough. To be honest, I don't understand the story that much, but what I do know is that it looks really cool. And yeah. this is the first... Yeah. And this is the did, first time that we've seen any gameplay on it. Did anybody else get vibes like this game was Anthem if Anthem was a horror game? Not really. I feel like I this, could, uh, this is pretty far from Anthem. Anthem was like giant robot suits go out and Yeah, but between the, the guys, dodging this... and the shooting forward with your little jetpack and the rapid gunplay with monsters coming from everywhere, like that's those are some that's like battles in in Anthem that I've had. Um this, uh, you this know reminds what? I'll me give of like you, if, uh, what's that Tom Cruise movie where like the guy keeps uh, dying and coming back and like having to redo the day until he gets it right. So you know what I'm talking day? about? No, not Groundhog Day. Tom Cruise isn't in Groundhog Day. Um, well, it gave me like, whatever that movie is. Um, it, like it's like that, but like if Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, I really hope I pronounced that correctly, did that movie. That's that's the vibe I got from this. Either way, it looks really good, really dark. This definitely looks like a Zar game and not a Peaches game. <laughs> yeah, it's a Zar game. Did you notice the switch from uh, third person to first person during the me- memory narratives? I did. I wonder if that's going to be implemented because, like, that's a game changer. You go from like fast-paced gunplay to running around the house, running away from Slendy Man. Like, that's such a cool concept. It really is. It really is. I'm glad you pointed that out because I noticed that. I just I was like, huh, that's interesting and kind of, you know, went on my day from there because of other thoughts I had on this game. Because I couldn't tell if it was a cutscene, but the character's first person perspective lingered a little too long, almost like it was a a player controlled option. I I don't know, man. Uh, to, we just don't know enough about this game at the moment. All we have really is the gameplay like itself, but like mechanics like that, I think those are going to be more of a surprise that we can be expecting when we actually pick this up. Can't wait to see it. The only other thing I wanted to say is that this is giving me some serious control vibes, the way that the gameplay is going. Ooh, it yeah, reminds me a, a lot of Control, which is fantastic because Control had amazing gameplay. I loved the gameplay in Control. So, yeah, I Returnal, I think, is going to be a genuine treat for the PlayStation 5 owners. Um, it's hitting us on April 30th, 2021, which, oh, no, you know what that is? What? That's the same day Pokemon Snap's coming out. Uh-oh. Ooh. <sighs> Got a choice. Oh, no, two games I'm not going to get. What a tragedy. <laughs> just another day for Peaches. <laughs> oh, yeah, Peaches. Just, just a regular day for me. <laughs> just shut, <laughs> shut up and go play League of Legends. 
You know, I've actually been thinking about getting back into it. I haven't played it in a while. Thanks for the idea. I was joking! <laughs> you might be onto something there. Uh, you know, they, they're right. in the preseason right now. It could be pretty cool. Okay, next. Up, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Czar. This is for you. We also got a little bit of Oddworld Soulstorm. Now, I don't know shit about this game, but when we were going over it in the State of Play event, you were really excited about this, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a sequel to the original, and I think this was the original Oddworld game called Abe's Odyssey, where the main character was trying to escape from this factory that turns all of his kind's people into like snacks or sodas or something. Interesting. Yeah, and so that one was more of like a stealthy platformer, but in this one, you're basically like uh, Olimar from Pikmin, and you're guiding all of your species trying to escape the clutches of these people trying to turn you into soda. It's really cool. As far as side-scrolling platformers go, there's a lot of uh, intricacy to it through um, puzzle-solving, mind control, and yeeting your fellow comrades at enemies. Um, And actually, this game reminded me of a game way back in the day called Lemmings. Prompted me to download that, so I'm playing that in Hype of Oddworld. I am so sick of hearing about these dumb Lemmings. But my Lemmings, they need me. (laughs) God. They'll die without me. Just like (laughs) all of Abe's people. So, yeah, you hyped this up a lot when we were talking about it, and I'm really glad that you did because this is one of the more slept on games that I had at the time. But now that I'm seeing gameplay from this state of play for the game, I think it looks like it's going to be something special. It's got a side scrollery like um, you had it on the spot with like you're leading your people. It looks like there's going to be a lot of like different kinds of puzzle mechanics, but mostly from like a side scroller perspective. This is hopping onto the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on April 6th. I'm really excited about it. I'm definitely picking it up. You know, it looks like one of those games that you should be able to pick up for $40 instead of a $60 price tag. It's kind of like an arcade game almost. Eh, I could agree with that. But again, like we won't be able to say that for sure until we see how much substance is in it. That's true. Still really cool. Who knows? It could be like a 30 hour game with like all huge amount of details and story we don't know yet but what i don't we know do if know i could is side scroll for 30 hours though if it's good enough i could do it anyway that's pretty much all for odd world um like i said looks fantastic looks like a lot of fun and that the mechanics are a lot more intricate than we initially thought so that's definitely something to check out if you're a playstation 5 owner um, Pl- Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, is finally getting its PlayStation 5 version on March 12th, which is just a couple weeks from now. Um, feel I- the game in your controller. <laughs> you can feel it. I want to feel Crash Bandicoot's foot hitting that crate and eating Wampa fruit in the controller, okay? You want to <laughs> feel the suck of Dingo Dial. Did somebody say suck? Yeah, wait. Feel the suck. Yeah, Field Dingo, Dingo Dial's weapon is a giant vacuum that he uses. Oh, he, they even that, showed gameplay of that. Yeah, that. they're like, feel <laughs> Dingo Dial's suck of his vacuum. Yeah, now, I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they is did that the say good that. suck that I've been hearing about so often? It is. That's that it good is suck. the good suck. <laughs> All right, so Crash Bandicoot 4, I was extremely excited about it, but obviously my time is a commodity these days. And now that I have a PlayStation 5, I know that I'm definitely picking this up as soon as I can. Because, oh my God, 
it looks it looks really good on PlayStation 4 to be honest, but now it looks even better. Like I think this you have is a commitment where, to the podcast about this game too. I know I do. Why your don't big you remind old boast every- about 106 percenting the first Crash Bandicoot, including the dev level that was removed for being too hard? I mean, you're uh, gonna have to put your money where your mouth is and 106 percent this I game sure too. Did. I sure did. Uh, have I mentioned that before? Um, maybe a couple times, I suppose. <laughs> oh, man. Did I accidentally just flex on you guys? Oh, didn't mean to flex. <laughs> okay. Uh, for real, though, this game, I mean, we've talked about it before because the gameplay in here is something new since it's just the PlayStation 5 version. It does actually look like there's like a pretty good boost in graphics fidelity here. And I can't wait to see what they do with the adaptive controller because they everything you've heard about the adaptive controller so far. They're right. It's a different kind of experience, boys. I think it's going to be amazing here. So March 12th, look out for Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Any questions? Um, can we go to the next game? Yes, we can. <laughs> All right, um, multiplayer dodgeball game, Knockout City. We've talked Didn't about this before. Didn't care about it for the Switch. Don't care about it for the PS4. Yo, I I disagree. I you think disagree? The, I disagree. I think that the, they showed more on this game than they showed on the Nintendo Direct, and I'm very glad that somebody outside of Nintendo is also going to be doing online for this game. And I'm, I'm curious if this is coming out for PC, because... It looks pretty fun. Like, it, it just looks like dumb fun. You know what I mean? Like, it, like every yeah. game doesn't have to be a masterpiece. You know what? That's fair. It's cool that it's going to have crossplay. I like it. Yeah, so it's going to have... It'll have that crossplay, too. So, I mean, like, it doesn't even matter what you're gaming on. If I had to pick a console, it would have been Switch if it weren't crossplay. But now that I know it is, hell yeah, I'm going PlayStation 5. Are you kidding? <laughs> you're at a disadvantage on the Switch. Precisely. <laughs> All right. So it's coming out PlayStation 4 May 21st for 20 bucks. It's going to be backwards compatible with your PlayStation 5. They haven't really announced any plans to enhance it for the PlayStation 5, but I already think it looks pretty good. And for this cartoony style art that they're using anyway, you don't really need to boast the highest, you know, graphics performance anyway, because it's going to look pretty good no matter what you do here, even on even on the Switch. So... Look for that. Um, It's got like we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. You're running around these battlefields, throwing dodgeballs at people with all sorts of different techniques. Um, It looks like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it just it just looks like dumb fun. And like, I feel like we haven't had a game. We haven't had a game like that in a while. And I mean, 20 bucks. I, I can shell out 20 bucks for a game that I can get some good time out of. Dumb fun is actually, yeah, that's perfect. It really is. All right. So next. Oh, this is the only time in the entire direct where we are not direct. It's the <laughs> only uh, force of habit. The This is the only time in the state of play event we got a new title. So this is called Sifu. And it's actually somewhat interesting. It's um, essentially kind of got the whole um, it's a new action adventure game that's got kind of like a new take on like the Kung Fu genre. And we kind of are greeted to like this guy just kind of waking up in front of this like uh, Japanese idol type statue. And you get like this awesome Kung Fu karate style 
gameplay to it that looks really snappy and really fun. I don't know how to explain it other than that because this is one of the games where they kind of glossed over it a little bit more, you know? Didn't really give us much story and only gave us like a couple snippets of the uh, gameplay, but the gameplay looks incredible. It looks like it's going to be more like kind of action commandy, but I don't know how to explain it. Like, what do you guys think of this? Quick reflexes. <laughs> I couldn't tell when I was looking at this game, I, I was wondering how the combat's going to work. And I really hope they don't do that basic combat that you see in like your Spider-Man's or your Assassin's Creed or, you know, Batman, where it's like, OK, you press Y to counter and then you press X to uh, attack and then that's it. And then you would do combinations of those. I hope it has deeper combat than that, because if so, it could be pretty cool. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Zara, what about you? Same mindset as Peaches. Um, honestly, when I saw this, and since we got so little of it, and that I may never own a PlayStation 5, <laughs> I just kind of had, this was in my meh category. Yeah, that's fair. I totally understand. And it was for me at first, too, but I like thought about it more, and I'm like, because it, it was the only new title that was announced in this direct. And so I thought about it more and I'm like, you know what? Actually, that might be kind of cool. So, yeah, we don't have a release date on uh, this game yet for Sifu. So it just says look for it in 2021, which means it's probably going to be towards the tail end of the year. I think it's going to be cool. Um, if it doesn't sound like your cup of tea, totally get it. But check it out nonetheless. Now, Peaches, I'm assuming this is the game you were talking about when you said another one that's Ori-esque. Are you talking about um, Solar Ash? That's the one. Yep, I figured it would be. <laughs> what an acid trip of rollerblading into a black hole. Holy <laughs> shit. You are not kidding. This game looks like fun. I can't believe how much fun this game looks. And I can't believe how good it looks either. So we got a little bit more of the story mechanic to it, but... It seems like you're this character who is on this world within a black hole, apparently, and you're trying to figure out a way to save your world from being eaten by that black hole. So you play as this character whose whole shtick is that, you know, your combat is really quick and fun and flashy, but that the movement looks super fluid. What do you think, Peaches? Is that why you were excited to talk about this one? Um, I think that's the main thing is like the I love a platformer where there's a nice fluidity of motion and i think that's the reason why i can't get into mario is because that fluidity doesn't feel like it's there for me but like when i play a game like ori i just i love to just jump and move around the world and this game kind of has that vibe to it the only problem i had from the looks of it and this is just like a first impression and i could be way off the combat looked kind of eh like you know it, it, it's kind of iffy Whereas like an Ori, I absolutely loved it, but I I will reserve judgment on combat because I could be totally wrong on that one. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. It looks like it's a super, you know, because the whole gimmick of this game is how quick and flashy everything is. So, you know, the movement looked incredible, but I could see where you're coming from on the combat. But from what they show in the gameplay trailer, it looks like it's kind of going with the same theme, right? It's quick and fun, and it's that's pretty much it. That's your go-to. Yeah. What about you, Zar? What do you think? It was cool. Not not Zar's kind of <laughs> game. It's way too fast-paced. I I like more combat. Uh, I do like traversion. Like I love Sunset Overdrive, and I kind of got the same feeling of fluidity from that game as I did Solar Ash. Okay. Um, 
but still it's it's just it's neat it's whimsical it's neat <laughs> and it's probably seizure inducing <laughs> hell all the stuff i love baby <laughs> yeah yeah if that's your type of thing i mean i think you're gonna really enjoy solar ash too you know yeah i, I and i could definitely see it being a game that i would like i just i want to see more on the combat before i fully commit to it all right um next uh i don't remember who said they had hot takes about this we have five nights at freddy's security breach who do you think uh, had hot takes on this all right what's your hot takes just come right out with it <laughs> all right, as a little bit as a little bit of background we've got a five nights at freddy's exclusive coming to playstation and pc and pc czar go well, this is a huge break in the what did, what did you say before? Six game series? JP? Dude, there's like eight games in the Five Nights at Freddy series now. It's crazy. There's a lot. Yeah. So this is like number seven or eight in the franchise. And the very first one where you are not stapled to your chair waiting for death. Now you get to run around scared waiting for death. <laughs> Hell yeah. And... So this game takes place in kind of like a child Thunderdome laser tag arena with like ball pits and arcade games and lots of fun things for kids to do as long as it's orders or hours of operation. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so, yeah, you play as this uh, security guard who is looking for. I, I think I heard some rumors about a kid like one of the kids inside of the animatronics and that's who she's looking for mm -hmm. as she just like runs around this place. And now you're going to notice a lot of distinct differences between these demonic animatronics. For starters, it looks like they were all designed by 80s hair bands. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the same like Five Nights at Freddy's designs that we're used to. And as kind of a hot take, I don't think they're very scary. Like I saw it was like the animatronic, the white one with the like rainbow colored hair. And I think she had like a star guitar at the beginning, just like running down the hall, chasing you. I started laughing. I'm going to get you <laughs> just with how silly the animatronic looked because it was straight out of the 80s. No, I the design that they had in the animatronics on the first Five Nights at Freddy's, they nailed it, man. Oh, yeah. You can't get creepier than Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Peaches, what do you think? My, my thoughts are like, I just I think they're scary kind of no matter what. I feel like the reason they were scarier in like maybe the first Five Nights at Freddy's is because it was it was a lot darker. And, you know, you're new. just kind of seeing these things move around without like any... I, I don't know what's the word like they're they just they keep moving positions when you you look one place and then you look back and they're gone, you know, and that's part of the fear factor to it. Kind of like a game of red light, green light, honestly. And so actually seeing them physically move around, I kind of takes away from like the scary uh, imagination you might have for it. Um, but that's I would fair. still say I, I would still say that it, it they are probably still scary. Everything looks less scary with the lights on, though, you know? Yeah, and it looks like they yeah, added a fair. ton of new monsters to this game because there is something that looked like it had a sun for a head and 
a melted face and whatever the fuck was in the vents. Uh, Look, along not- with the classics like Fredbear and Bonnie. And then there was a bunny. These things have names? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they course. do actually have names. Freddy, Foxy, Chica, and Bonnie. Those were the first four. In fact, Markiplier named his dog after Chica. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, honestly, I'm excited. Honestly, I'm excited to play this game. I think it's going to be good. I think it's a, a great switch up, you know? I mean, now maybe... Because, like, honestly, how how many times can you be put in an immobile position before it's not scary? So maybe this change of formula will actually let this game join the ranks of intense horror games like, you know, Amnesia and Outlast. I think you're right. Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've got only one more game uh, that was previously announced where we received some gameplay. Um, We've got Deathloop. Now. This game is very interesting as well. It kind of goes along with that other concept that was in... Uh, what was that game from earlier? Oh, God, how could Returnal? I forget it? E- thank you. Returnal. It goes off of the same concept where, like, I, you have an objective to meet, and when you die, it starts you over, and you don't begin the next thing until, like, you go through it properly. It's a cool concept. I don't think I'm excited as excited to play Deathloop as I am Returnal, because you Deathloop should be. Is... It's going to be one of the last Bethesda games you ever get. Oh, um, oh. I, Zart, I don't know if you've heard me talk about Bethesda much over the last year. My opinion of them is not very high. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fallout 76 wasn't good? What? Uh, I literally saw that game for like $4 the other day. You guys want uh, my hot take from this from this uh, trailer? Hell yeah. I feel like they only played this to show off the song that they made for this game. And that's death the only reason loop. it was here. What? It's a death loop. Yeah. Okay, the song was kind of <laughs> lit though, right? It was a good song, but it was, yeah, I, I think it was just a showcase of their original music. And PlayStation's like, ah? <laughs> yeah? We got, we made so- good music? So instead of Returnal, where it's got like that gritty, dark kind of setting to it, Deathloop has more of like your cartoony, you know, 1970s spy theme to it. Like you see in like, you know how Archer kind of makes fun of that whole thing? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. this kind of looks like that, the video game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest with you. Not that it looks bad. It's just like it takes the a similar concept and just kind of goes in a whole different direction with it. And it still looks like fun. It's just weird that we have like two like time looping different kind of mechanics in different games, right? Like that's weird. Yeah, that's that's quite coincidental. But still, I mean, on the other hand, the mechanic of being able to transfer wherever you want from a first person point of view along with the guns, like this looks like it could be just as fun, if not more. It looks pretty good, too. Oh, yeah, it's it's iffy. I I could see myself having fun with this. I could also see this as a game where I play for like an hour and then it goes on the shelf forever. I Yeah, and that's fair, too. I think what's important is to give it a fair chance. Yeah, I, I'm not going to judge it based on like the nothing trailers that we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. but and what is this, the second trailer that we've seen of it. 
I mean, yeah. te technically, yeah. The, this is the only time we've ever seen. Well, that's not even true. We've seen gameplay in other trailers, yeah, but this we, really, really dives like deeper into it. I'd say I think it looks fun. I really do. It, it really could be. I'm not going to I'm going to withhold judgment until it actually comes out and I see some more stuff on it. It's it's hard to say just from what we've seen so far. And that was the state of play event. Um, The last state of play we got where the PlayStation 5 was announced, along with all those incredible games, was, in my opinion, the best gaming event I've ever seen online. And they didn't try and set out to top that. They tried to set out to add on top of that, in my opinion, because they hardly offered any gameplay in those trailers. And now they're offering gameplay. And I think that's what they were trying to do. And if that's what they were trying to do, 100% nailed it. But I mean, at the same time, when you see a state of play, you kind of have the expectation that you're going to get some new titles and some new things you didn't know much about. And we only got one of those. And it looks like a game that most people thought was just kind of meh. And therefore, I give the state of play like a B. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think you were right when you initially said it. Uh, or you said that Sony realized people had stopped talking about them for like 30 minutes. So they're like, quick, quick, get the state of play out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They probably had well, that We don't ready have any from... new information. Just regurgitate. <laughs> I'm telling you, they probably had that ready for a month and were just waiting for either Nintendo or Microsoft to try and take a little of the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> they, got an ex they got another one locked and loaded for when Microsoft <laughs> drops a showcase. Exactly. And they're just like, can we have some spotlight? And PlayStation's like, no. <laughs> Here's more Crash Bandicoot. And that's what I think they were doing. To be fair, I mean, like I said, it was a meh state of play, but I think for what it was trying to be, it did a good job. And that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, I think, right. I think we pretty much covered the whole thing. We got a tiny list of game releases. Who wants to cover those? Can somebody else do it? My voice hurts. <laughs> I, can, I can get it done. I did the itinerary. I guess I can do some game releases. All right, let's keep it consistent. All right. So for March 2nd, we have releasing Harvest Moon One World coming out for the Nintendo Switch. Woo! I, I hope I pronounced this correctly. Uh, Maquette for the PS5, PS4, and PC. Then we have Neptunia Virtual Stars for the PS4. And we have Yakuza Like a Dragon coming out for the PS5, but I believe it's already out for the other platforms as it stands right now. Cool. Then... We have for March 3rd, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 coming out for PC. And this one is also already out on all other platforms. But hell yeah, we get some Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 on PC. Let's go. Puyo yeah. Puyo Tetris is like, you know, an invasive species. It's just on <laughs> fucking everything. And now it's on PC. No kidding. All right. Um, we're supposed to hype up an upcoming game. Uh, what do you guys think? I feel like Harvest Moon is probably the most hype. And I say this, like, I feel like I'm saying this because I'm a Stardew Valley fan and this game kind of has Stardew Valley vibes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, boys, I think that's absolutely it. I don't think there's any more we have to talk about in this episode. I'm going to go play my super awesome PlayStation 5. Have I told you about my PlayStation 5? <laughs> I'm going to play Lemmings. Lemmings! And I'm going to go be a Viking in Valheim. Um, I just want to say real quick, Eric, I'm sorry I killed you by dropping a tree on you. It was not intentional. Please forgive me. Lols. 
Well, I feel like that doesn't need any more context. So nice work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said there. Let's get out of here, boys. Next week, we have a special episode with a good guest on it. You know him, you love him. So make sure you catch next week's episode. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. You just got your game tea. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.